and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm glad you've taken time out of your day to download this podcast and take time to listen to it. For more information about us, I'd encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lower cases. There you can find links to our social media account through LinkedIn and Twitter. Also, there's a contact page where you can submit prayer requests as well as any Bible questions you have. We will do our best to answer them in future podcasts. We have answered several questions over the past several months. Also, you can find a way there to support this podcast if you find it in your heart to do so. It does take money each week to, to put this out, and we are thankful for the supporters uh, financially who have helped us and our prayer partners as well. And there is a PayPal link on the webpage as well. Today the whole entire podcast will come out of the uh, gospel according to Matthew. And I'm going to begin reading here in Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 and following verses. If you have a Bible I would encourage you to please pick it up and, and follow along. Matthew chapter 5 starting verse 42. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to say, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than the other? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Today's title to the podcast is To Be Seen by Men. To Be Seen by Men. And it's gonna, the rest of it will come out of Matthew chapter 6. What does a holy person look like? You ever thought about that? What defines a devout religious person? Is it their clothes that they wear? Is it the religious duties they perform in their religious clothes? Or is it the place one goes to observe a religious duty? Or is it defined by some kind of a trip to uh, to observe so-called holy relics? Can religion, can God endorse this religion when we just do this duty or this public display as someone who might be acting, right? Somebody who might be acting religious? You know, we see these pictures and and many, and most of us in the, of us would say that that's not really true religion. Well, then the question again will be, well, what is? If the world has the impression religion is about what you do at a certain time of the week, at a certain place, at a certain building, then who is responsible for giving them that impression? We are. Those in the church, we are responsible for that. It's Sunday morning, and the truly religious people, uh, they're getting up in the morning, 
and they're going to church to do their religious activities. Now, you can be uh, checked in as being uh, as present at the church uh, when they take a roll call. Some places do that. Uh, when they add up how many people were there, some people just churches, they just want to know how many people were there. But you've been noted for being religious. Your neighbors have noticed it. Other people at church have noticed, oh, hey, that guy's religious. He's here with me today. Just come back next week and will continue to count you as such. The question is for the disciple of Jesus. Is this the measure of our religious devotion? You know, Jesus, he was concerned about the same uh, things, and he actually had some of the same questions for his disciples. In a world of religious devotion, where it was measured by how much you helped the needy, how much you prayed, how much you fasted, and how much you could be noticed doing each one of these things. You know, we have very similar acts today. And Jesus does denounce them. The key is the motivation from within our heart that underlies our religion. Who are we doing it for? Are we doing it because grandma's at church? Are we doing it because we think it's the right name on the building? Are we doing it to make an impression uh, for our job? Maybe um, you have to go to a certain church to keep your job. I've heard of that kind of stuff going on now. What do we do and how do we expect this result if this is what we're really doing everything for? And so what Jesus told his disciples many years ago uh, resounds really loud and clear for the podcast today. In effect, Jesus is, he tells his disciples, if you really, truly want to be holy, be invisible. So Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Be aware, practicing your righteousness before men, to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, I do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So, here we have the the first motivation. Piety uh, through almsgiving. See, Jesus makes an absolute statement. If you do these acts of righteousness, righteousness, excuse me, for the sake of being seen then you will not be rewarded by our Heavenly Father Jesus has just finished telling his disciples to be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect but being perfect is not only defined by your actions but by your motive as well the first illustration here that uh, that Jesus uses is giving to the needy 
This was a big deal in the first century. Uh, some consider it the single most important act of their religion. And we need to be helping those who are truly in need. And that goes a, a, a whole nother topic. Uh, so many people do not need cable TV. They don't need six cell phones in their home. They don't need a lot of things. Instead, we need to be helping people who really, truly need help. They don't have enough money to buy medicine. Uh, maybe they need their heat turned on for the winter. I don't know. I think that's an individual and a local congregational uh, decision. But it is a big deal in the first century. So certain men uh, whom Jesus calls hypocrites, uh, they want to make sure people know just how religious they are. This is, this is not the important thing to Jesus, that they help the needy. Not for the giver, it is not. Jesus says the motivation the heart is very important. If you're going to do it to be seen, to be noticed, to, to get the applause, get that head shake, then however successful you are achieving that aim, that's your reward. And the Pharisees often like to give in the most public way possible that their religious devotion was clearly and fully out and open for everyone to see. Just like some of the images uh, we read about earlier. Jesus, he, he shows us, he likens us like blowing trumpets to announce that you're giving. It would be like you standing in the, in the seat at church there when the collection plate comes out around and you jump up on top of it and you start yelling, hey, hey, look at me. I just put in all this money and you drop it so everybody can see how many uh, bills that you drop in. Jesus would call this hypocritical because there's no way uh, for such actions that could be uh, for God. You want to be seen by man. You want the whole world to know what you just did. And we laugh. Some of you probably just chuckled at this uh, vivid uh, idea of this blowing a trumpet or having someone stand up in their chair and give their money in the collection plate. But we have to be more uh, calm about how we give things, I guess, more more private. We, when we give to get our names put into the program or on, on a brick on a wall, I mean, I know a lot of projects and churches do that, and that's okay. But if that's your only motivation, I think that we need to rethink. You know, I'm glad that many celebrities, uh, they give to causes. But really, for the most part, it, this is just a big uh, public relations thing. It, it It's to help promote a book it's that they wrote or their movie. In the end, the money, they, what little they give really uh, to charity is really nothing more than blowing a big trumpet, because that's what Jesus calls it. Instead of just quietly giving when nobody knows that you gave, uh, there's a bigger reward in that. So if you give for that purpose, whatever that purpose is that you are seeking that reward from, that's your reward. But you can't pretend that you're doing this for God. When you are going to give, 
do it with the purpose that it's really just between you and God. Of course, the other person knows that you have helped them, and that's okay. That's not the point. You see, God, he's not really fooled by any kind of misleading actions on our part. You see, because Jesus, this is what he says. That's what hypocrites do. The disciples who gives without no thought of recognition and only the mindful thing of God in trying to be generous to others who are in need. I mean, here, Jesus uses another absurd image. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Really what Jesus is trying to say here is, don't even give glory in it for yourself. Let God who sees in secret reward you. The person who has given out of a pure heart, clear uh, motives out of the heart, knows that the reward of God is much more than he'll ever get for blowing his own trumpet. God's graciousness is never outdone. Again, I want to make the stress the point. There may be good reasons why a person or a church group, whatever, does not give every everything in secret. It all comes down to about motives. You know, I use the example. I know a church group that they really needed uh, a sidewalk, and they decided that they would buy bricks and have people's names put on it, and, and that's okay. It, it, it helped uh, the sidewalk bit built. It was a way of, uh, I guess, letting future generations know that they were involved uh, with that congregation. Matthew chapter 6 again, uh, verse 5 and 6 says, So when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street so they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what you have done in secret will reward you. So here's the second motive. Uh, Piety through prayer. Again, this is verses 5 and 6 that we just read. If you notice here, Jesus continues to address the heart. It's not merely the action but it is the motivation that means everything. Jesus almost uses the exact same words to describe uh, the hypocrite who is praying as he did by describing those who were giving in their money. They go pray at the synagogue and on the street corner to be seen, not because they wish to have fellowship with God through prayer, but there, there are certain things that they had in mind. They wanted to be seen that they were really, truly religious. So there were certain times of the day when the Jews prayed. And some were known uh, at those times of the day and those moments. So they would go to the most public place and they would do their prayers there. I don't believe for the most part that Jesus is addressing a public prayer on the behalf of the church or sometimes, you know, Congress in the United States. Uh, They used to start off, I believe they still do, uh, with prayer. Uh, That's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is addressing private prayer 
for the purpose uh, that is done to show you, hey, look how religious I am. I can pray to Jesus. Now, this certainly could apply to someone who's very wordy and trying to be very showy in prayer for a public setting. Again, Jesus has something to say about that as well. They have their reward. Nothing else really should be expected. I've I've wandered. I don't know the inside of the heart of everyone I've ever heard pray publicly, but I've wondered. You know, some people seem to just go on and on and on about whatever they're praying about in public. And I've heard the same people give the same prayer for years without any thought in public. You know, when we're leading public prayer, we really need to understand that we're leading a group of people before the throne of God. And we need to have a sincere heart when we're, when we're doing that. Again here, uh, Jesus uses some vivid language to describe this being invisible of the disciple who prays. Uh, he says, uh, go to your closet and pray. This point is not necessarily a room in your house, but it's, it's the principle on how you're praying to God. Again, I don't believe that this is the point that Jesus is making, that you should never pray publicly. Um, I know many people pray in restaurants before they eat their meal. Uh, I don't think that's the point that Jesus is saying here. If you're praying to be thankful, it's again, it's a heart issue. And why are you doing it? Why are you praying? If we're praying to be seen by men and not praying to God, um, we need to be careful of doing that. Uh, God can hear our prayers from anywhere, anytime, because uh, He's God. And He will reward us for those who pray in secret and we're offering such prayers. Verse 16 and 18. Whenever you fast, do not put on this gloomy face as the hypocrites do. For they neglect their appearance, so they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Uh, truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here's the third motivation, is that religion uh, through fasting. Surely nothing is more spiritual than fasting. The real committed Jew not only fasted on special festival days like uh, Yom Kippur, but they also did this a lot on their own. And I think sometimes uh, the church needs to start uh, teaching more about fasting. The Pharisees fasted twice a week, and they really wanted the people to know that they were fasting. And the point was that they, they would make themselves look as though they were really suffering, they were really hungry, and so that everyone would know that they were fasting. Again, Jesus says uh, they have their reward. They can expect absolutely nothing to come from their effort. Jesus wants all of his followers, all of his disciples, to look the same uh, when they are fasting or not. I think it's noteworthy here, though, that Jesus assumes, again, that his disciples would fast. Okay, so I started to say this a moment ago, 
But when was the last time you fasted? I mean, fasting teaches us self-control. Fasting changes our mindset that we might be uh, more accurately uh, closer to God in our knowledge and understanding, uh, to understand the God's will for us in our lives. And there's many benefits uh, from fasting. And God rewards someone who fasts in secret. Fasting and prayer are going hand in hand. And, and an old gentleman uh, years ago, uh, Gordon, he said, well, fasting is, is like uh, peanut butter and jelly. They just they kind of go together, fasting and prayer. This teaching is backwards for us uh, because we really, we don't fast to show. As, as a whole, uh, the church today doesn't fast at all. There's, there is good information if you really want to learn how to fast, which the first century Jew I knew very well. And if you are fasting and someone who, who gives you a, a piece of chocolate cake or uh, something that's your favorite food and wants you to, to eat with him, uh, you're going to have to tell him, well, I'm sorry, I can't eat it right now. Is not breaking this commandment. Sometimes uh, I know of years when I was fasting, somebody would call and want me to join him for a lunch or a cup of coffee or something, and I would just have a glass of water and I have to just quietly, as I could, politely as I could, say thanks for the offer, uh, but I'll just have water today. Uh, you know, again, it goes back to motive. Why are you fasting? Is it for God? Uh, for, or for others to notice you. And the fourth motivation is really comes out here. Shining our light as invisible disciples. You see, Jesus has given us three examples of a religious devotion uh, that hopefully uh, that we still practice today. In all three cases, he calls us to do them for God's sake and not to be seen by men. Uh, when we do these, uh, there are promises of a reward. And that reward is not defined, but it is keeping uh, with the uh, intent of the act. God always gives us more than us. He can bless us beyond things that we can never dream about. That does not mean that he, he will make us rich if, if we uh, feel the need with lots of money. It may not be measured in that way at all. Uh, some things really are just between you and God, but it will never be known if you're doing it with the wrong motives. You and I do not have to be obvious as a trumpet blower on a street corner or continue bragging about uh, what you have done for the Lord. Uh, will you ask God to show you uh, the areas that you're blowing a trumpet in so that we would stop blowing our trumpet. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says this, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your fathers in heaven. So is there a contradiction here in what Jesus says? Not hardly. What this world needs it's not more showy prayers, more religious clothes, or more holy places or sites. The world does not need any more 
need to see us going to church every Sunday that makes us all Christian. You see, the reason why the world is not attracted to that kind of religion is because they see what Jesus sees. Hypocrites. Hypocrisy. Religious devotion is not to be abandoned. But it is to be an experience between you as a believer and between you and Christ. That really will transform you as a follower of Christ into the earth-changing disciple by which Jesus has called all of us to be. This is how we are to be salt in light. The world sees people that are so in love with Jesus, they even love their enemies. And when the people of Jesus are, are truthful and honest, they don't even really have to take an oath. Their, their word is their word, and it's good as gold, as the old saying goes. When disciples stay committed to their, to their promises uh, that they made to with their mates, they refuse to, to let anger destroy a relationship, then the world will see exactly what they are supposed to be doing. It is the invisible devotion to God that gives life to the extreme brightness of light of Christ in our lives. So we should seek out true worship in our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, and the rewards will come from Him. We are not to, to hide uh, our light from men. I mean, here we, again we go. But Jesus says, let your light shine before men. When you are being a faithful person to Christ, to God, the world will notice, believe me. And that's why many people are persecuted around the world. Because of their devotion. That they can be easily spotted as being a Christian. I wonder how many people in, in America and in the Western culture perhaps would be a better way. When they see you, do they really know that you're a Christian? Are you blowing trumpets or are you... Maybe you're doing something completely opposite of the spectrum. Maybe you're living a very uh, appearing worldly life. You're, you're cussing, you're, you're involved in things that you shouldn't be involved with. Uh, you're lying, yeah, you're cheating, you don't have a good reputation at work, whatever. They would not show that you're really who you say you claim to be. We do need to let our light shine before men. And what a blessing to... For somebody to come up to me and say, wow, uh, you must be a Christian. I certainly hope the podcast today has encouraged you to, to have a good, solid prayer life with, with Christ in private. And does it take away that we need to be praying with our, our spouses and our children? Not at all. But we need to have a prayer life, a one-on-one -on -one conversation with God. We need to, to have the right motives and when we give to help others, whether that's uh, helping an elderly person uh, to the store, to the doctor, maybe uh, somebody who lost their job and really needs a meal. Uh, there's lots of things that we could do in our giving uh, that we don't have to blow trumpets and say, look what I did, look what I did. And 
fasting. I, I would encourage uh, most of us, including myself, uh, fasting is a, is a good thing. It's a healthy uh, thing to do from time to time. I realize that some people cannot medically do that, and God knows that person and uh, does not hold that against you. But fasting and prayer. And a side note, make a prayer journal and see how your life begins to change as your prayer life in private grows more and more in deep uh, thought with God and His Word. Again, thank you for tuning in and hope the podcast has, has helped you and encouraged you and gave you some positive thoughts uh, for you to help you grow in your walk with Christ. Please tune in again next week uh, for our weekly podcast. Be sure to like us on uh, your favorite podcast app. Tell others about us as we continue to grow. And we pray that uh, the persecuted church around the world each and every day that God is taking care of you and in ways that only He knows how to do. We do thank you again for tuning in. May God bless you and may He have the glory. <laughs>